Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Monday of the sixth week of Easter. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Grant, O merciful God, that we may experience at all times the fruit produced by the Paschal observances. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles Sailing from Troas, we made a straight run for Samothraki, the next day for Neapolis, and from there for Philippi, a Roman colony and the principal city of that particular district of Macedonia. After a few days in this city, we went along the river outside the gates, as it was the Sabbath, and this was a customary place for prayer. We sat down and preached to the women who had come to the meeting. One of these women was called Lydia, a devout woman from the town of Theatira, who was in the purple dye trade. She listened to us, and the Lord opened her heart to accept what Paul was saying. After she and her household had been baptized, she sent us an invitation. If you really think me a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay with us, and she would take no refusal. The Word of the Lord Thanks be to God. The Lord takes delight in his people. The Lord takes delight in his people. Sing a new song to the Lord, his praise in the assembly of the faithful. Let Israel rejoice in its maker. Let Zion's sons exult in their king. The Lord takes delight in his people. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music with timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the poor with salvation. The Lord takes delight in his people. Let the faithful rejoice in their glory. Shout for joy and take their rest. Let the praise of God be on their lips. This honor is for all his faithful. The Lord takes delight in his people. Alleluia, alleluia. The spirit of truth will bear witness to me, says the Lord, and you will also be my witnesses. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. 
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Advocate comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who issues from the Father, he will be my witness. And you too will be witnesses, because you have been with me from the outset. I have told you all this that your faith may not be shaken. They will expel you from the synagogues. And indeed the hour is coming when anyone who kills you will think he's doing a holy duty for God. They will do these things because they have never known either the Father or myself. But I have told you this, so that when the time for it comes, you may remember that I told you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we're continuing with the farewell discourse that Jesus gave to his disciples in the upper room at the Last Supper. And the thing about these long discourses is that you really have to read them for yourself. And you kind of have to read them uninterrupted. Because the themes and the arguments that appear in these discourses, they build on themselves and they repeat. And each time they repeat, they're a little bit deeper again. And and I would say pick up the gospel and have a read through for yourself. It's funny, I was going back and listening to some of the homilies that I'd given on John 6 a few weeks ago, and even I was starting to struggle to understand what the heck I was talking about. Because admittedly, it's really hard to keep track of these discourses when you haven't got the text in front of you, or when you're just listening to a comment about them. So if you've got some time, I'd say... Take the gospel that we have over the coming few days. And on the day that we read them, read a little bit before and read a little bit after where the gospel finishes for the day. That way you'll be reminded of what happened before and you'll get a sneak peek of what's coming ahead. And that'll help to situate what Jesus is saying in the gospel each day. This can be a little spiritual practice in preparation for Pentecost. You see, in the Gospel today, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit coming upon the disciples as being the Spirit of Truth, the Spirit of Truth that will come to lead us to the complete truth, the one who testifies to who Jesus is and the one who makes our words of testimony fruitful. So, With Pentecost coming up, we have the opportunity to attend particularly to the Word of God and to allow the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, to place that Word within our hearts so that we may become credible witnesses. So maybe think of it as a little pre-Pentecost prayer practice to take these words of Jesus and allow them to sink in. All right, let me just give you one little thought about the gospel that we have today. You see, in the gospel which we heard on Saturday, Jesus was already preparing his disciples for an ordeal. He says, well, look, if the world hates you, remember it hated me before you, and the servant isn't greater than the master. There is going to be opposition that we face from the world because the world stands in opposition to Jesus and we belong to him. And Jesus picks up this theme once more. And in a rather sobering moment, Jesus points out that some will even be killed 
and killed in the name of doing a holy duty for God. Now, I must admit that often when I hear these words, I think about the extent to which this persecution can go. Oh my gosh, it might even involve death. That the focus here falls on the extent to which we could possibly suffer. And certainly when you read the witness of the martyrs, some of us have certainly suffered. And the trouble is then, when when Jesus speaks about the possibility of having to give this supreme witness, it's easy to get scared. To think, my goodness, it could possibly come to this. But you know something? I think that's to get the wrong end of the stick. Jesus isn't saying these words in order to make us quake in our boots at the possibility of what might happen. He's telling us these things to show us that even the worst thing that could possibly happen isn't defeat. He says, I've told you these things so that your faith may not be shaken. Yes, you might be expelled from the synagogues. And yes, you might even be put to death. But none of these things should cause your faith to be shaken. I'm with you. And the Father has sent the Holy Spirit upon you as another advocate. And you will bear witness by means of your life. And even what appears to be disaster can accomplish my purpose. Here's the paradox. It's the great line from Tertullian that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. That what looks like the destruction of the life of the martyrs, in fact, is the fruitful outpouring of their blood. What seemed to be their defeat and their destruction is, in fact, their victory. And so I think in these moments it's important for us not to give in to a spirit of fear. Not to listen to these words of Jesus and pick out from them the possibility that we might have to suffer or that life might get difficult or that we have a cross to carry. No, I think Jesus is telling us these things not to warn us of the possibilities of what might happen, but to reassure us that whatever happens when we stand with Christ, they are made fruitful. And so we're not defeated. We're not broken. So why be afraid? So I think these words of Jesus, they're not a warning. They're a promise. Suffering is not defeat. And so Jesus says, I have told you all this, that your faith may not be shaken. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say... Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. 
For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test. And deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.